0: This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B, or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert.
1: Welcome to the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. I'm Cassie Calvert, and we're missing my co-host Bree today, but I'm joined by my dear friend Ashley Amos. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report, Ashley. Thanks, Cassie. So happy to be here. Making her Black and Blue debut. We've got a busy weekend ahead for the Saints and Pelicans. Saints-Bucks flex to a 325 start tomorrow for that Saturday game, so slightly a short week for them. And... Pelicans Heat coming up at the Smoothie King Center tonight at 7 p.m. So both teams home this weekend here in New Orleans. Lots of fun for Christmas weekend. Absolutely. You know, I think definitely with the
2: Christmas Eve game, something to look forward to tomorrow. And then, of course, tonight, uh, the big matchup
1: against the Heat. It'll be that holiday night game, which will be a lot of fun. We got pictures with Santa, Heat coming off a of back to back, which so they'll get into, got into New Orleans late this morning, early this morning. Heat not doing so hot this season without Dwayne Wade. You know,
2: I definitely think uh, they uh, were looking for a better season than what they're getting currently. But, you know, definitely with the big win over Lakers, uh, their record currently 10-20, not exactly what they're looking for. But, you know, we'll see what goes on tonight.
1: Heat at ten and twenty, like Ashley mentioned, at thirteenth in the East right now, which is obviously unique for Heat fans who are used to that LeBron Dwayne Wade era. Heat did come off that one fifteen to one oh seven win over the Lakers last night where they erased a nineteen point deficit.
2: Yeah. Very and incredible. Impressive.
1: Justice Winslow and Hassan Whiteside both putting up double doubles for the Heat, twenty three points and thirteen rebounds for both of them, which is unique both guys having the same numbers there. Um, Both of them have been remarkable through the beginning of this season. Hassan Whiteside having a career season, averaging over 18 points per game, 14.8 rebounds per game, kind of has a larger role this year with the Heat with the absence of Dwayne Wade. Absolutely. Josh McRoberts also doing well for the Heat this season, shooting 66.7% from three-point range, which is remarkable over the last four games. And the Heat a really key stat here especially for the Pelicans who like to play that fast-paced game heat holding opponents to just 7.2 fast break points per game this season which is the lowest in the NBA so that will be something critical that the Pelicans will want to change tonight for sure yeah we're definitely going to need them to have an off night in that category <laughs> it's tough coming off of back-to-back in the NBA especially when you're on the road like Pelicans are very much aware um, but the Pelicans will have this will be the second in their five game home streak so Nice for the Pelicans to be home for a change. And also nice if the Pelicans be healthy.
2: Exactly. I think, like you said earlier, um, Wednesday's game was the first time we actually had a healthy team where you didn't have to sit someone out because of injury or take someone out because of injury. You actually could say, hey, you're just going to sit the bench because we have the option of playing other healthy
1: players. Absolutely. The shortest injury list since the 2015 playoffs for this team. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> I don't I don't know that there's another team in the NBA that has had that much unfortunate luck with injuries.
2: And I think Coach Gentry said in itself, you know, poor guy ever since he's gotten here hasn't really had that much luck uh in the injury category so definitely hoping to turn it out around
1: first of two meetings for the teams this season the heat do have some injuries obviously they're still without chris Bosch. that's a special situation mm-hmm. also missing wayne ellington Rodden mcgruder and dion waiters very different looking heat team than pelicans have seen in the past um first of two meetings for the teams phil Weber worked for miami in mm-hmm. the past and there's a former pelican on this Heat team Luke Babbitt, Pelicans fans will remember, appeared in 137 games for New Orleans between 2014 and 2016. Averaged 5.5 points um, for the Pels, 2.5 rebounds, and 15.7 minutes per game. So it'll be interesting to see him in a Heat jersey. That it will. That it will. So looking at that Saints Bucks game on Saturday, played just on Saturday, they will have played just 13 days ago, which is bizarre for the NFL. Having um, that NFC South Division game right at the end of the season and Saints coming off their first road victory in nearly a month with a 48 to 41 game last week in Arizona. Saints offense so remarkable. They punted only once in 12 offensive possessions against the number 1 defense in the NFL. And I think it was definitely a game that was needed for the
2: Saints, you know, coming off those two really rough uh, performances, those two losses, offense wasn't looking very good. And I think any Saints fan knows that you don't really Usually there's not a, a bunch of consistent games where Drew Brees is going to not look his best. So for him to have two games where he wasn't looking that good, you know, last Bucks game, uh, no touchdowns scored. Um, mm. So definitely something to um, I think everyone thought and knew that Drew Brees was going to bounce back
1: and the offense was going to bounce back this past game. Yeah, there was no way Drew Brees was going to have three off games. <laughs> Absolutely not. That Tampa Bay game two weeks ago, Bucks won 16-11, and, and they were riding a five-game winning streak, which was snapped by the Cowboys this mm-hmm. past week. On paper, though, Tampa Bay does not look like the better team, which is really interesting to me. It was the case two weeks ago. It's the case now. Saints number two in scoring average, number one in total offense, while the Bucks are 18th and 16th. But I think the really key stat is the turnover differential. Mm. Saints have struggled turning the ball over, but the Bucks have not. They've had a positive turnover differential through this season, mm. and I think that will really be a key again this Saturday, especially coming in playing in the Superdome. Jameis Winston said it's, one of the, it's an amazing environment, probably one of the loudest places he's played at, and that's something Saints fans are certainly proud of and Absolutely. certainly know very well. Absolutely. Nothing like that Superdome when you're indoors to lock in the noise there. So – Bucks treating this game as the beginning of the playoffs for them, and I think the Superdome is a place where you would have that playoff atmosphere this week.
2: Oh, absolutely, and I think that, you know, yesterday Sean Payton met with the media, and he talked about Jameis Winston and how he's evolved from year one to year two and how he carries this magic about him that's kind of— you know, leak down to the rest of the players around him. So I definitely think it will be interesting to see, like you said, they're kind of in a must-win situation. But so are the Saints. You know, you look at the Saints the past two seasons, 7-9, uh, and nine, they have a chance to be 8-8 eight and eight, um, at the end of the season, which is, you know, an improvement. Um, so I definitely think both teams are coming into this game with a lot to play for. I think it will be a good game.
1: Absolutely. And individual players also still, especially if Saints, looking to prove that they deserve their roles going into the offseason season want to be back next season um Tampa Bay if they win their final two games only other result they need to go their way is that Detroit loses at Dallas next Monday Monday night which is certainly possible absolutely this Cowboys team is looking really remarkable right now um Bucks had two guys the Pro Bowl while the Saints were snubbed this year which you know uh so interesting.
2: I think it was so funny to see. Um, I think it was on Instagram. There was a graphic, and they posted the um, all the players that made the Pro Bowl, and then right above it, Drew Brees leading the league mm-hmm. in yardage. In
1: quite Patrick. the snub. Quite the snub. Absolutely. So, the snub. so those two Bucks are Mike Evans and Gerald McCoy. A fish straight street, Gerald McCoy. One of. I think he's going to go down as one of the top Buccaneers of all time. Uh, I think so too. He's been absolutely remarkable for them. So we're going to hear more about the Bucks from Scott Smith senior writer for Tampa Bay coming up and we'll also hear from coach Gentry from his coaches show from last night.
0: This holiday season, give the gift of New Orleans Pelicans basketball to that special sports fan in your life. The Pelicans Holiday Plan, presented by Domino's, lets you pick four games to stick under the tree. Guarantee great seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA. Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one topping pizza from Domino's. Visit pelicans.com to check another name off that holiday shopping list today.
1: Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie, and I'm joined this morning by Scott Smith, senior writer and editor for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome, Scott.
3: Oh, thank you very much.
1: So this is kind of a unique situation for the Saints and Bucks. They've only had 13 days between their two games this season. Obviously a special situation. Both teams talked about it this week. But how do you think that most impacts the game on Saturday?
3: Well, it's really interesting. I find it very intriguing. Our coach was talking about it, Dirk Cutter, and as you'd expect, Both teams are going to adjust, right? But he called it sort of a chess match because you don't know exactly how much to adjust. If something worked last time, do you stick with it? Or do you assume the other team has prepared for that so you stay away from it? Or, you know, it goes back to the whole, what do they know that we don't know that they don't know? You know, he said it's really hard. It's kind of intriguing to figure out just how much to adjust. It's kind of a guessing game.
1: So one thing that the Buccaneers did do really well against the Saints was, Force interceptions in the fourth quarter. Brent Grimes yeah. and Keith Andy both had huge interceptions. How important is it for this team to force turnovers on defense for an offense that really hasn't put up that many points in the past couple of weeks?
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty critical, really. Uh, we you know we had our five game winning streak and and really the season turned around um, in week five for us and the by far the biggest difference has been the turnover differential, not just turnovers but scoring points off those turnovers i could you know bore you with the exact numbers but the turnaround for the buccaneers has exactly mirrored the turnaround in turnovers and you know last week was the first time in a long time that we were on the wrong side of the turnover margin and we lost the game i think it's really the single most important factor in the game probably
1: so you mentioned that that win streak was snapped against the Cowboys. The Bucks are also limited to a season-low rushing yard. Why was that, yeah. and how would they look to change that this week?
3: Well, I've asked Derek Cutter about this just about every week recently, um, and he really believes that the running game is there, that it's about to break out, You know, that there's just one little thing going wrong. the times we run the ball Uh, I I know that we're still committed to it if you look at the numbers nobody runs on first and 10 more often than the Buccaneers other than the Cowboys we've still been trying to run it just hasn't been working and he he believes that that Doug Martin's running just as hard and just as well as ever just just not quite getting there and we just haven't had last year we had lots of big plays in the running game this year we just haven't had any and I think there's a general belief around the team that they're about to break out in that game, in, in that part of the game, and it's it's critical really for us down the stretch.
1: Obviously, the thing on everyone's mind right now is the playoffs. And Jameis said this week that Buccaneers plan to treat every game from here on out like the playoffs. What will be important for the Bucks to do this week to keep their playoffs hopes hopes alive? And as they continue,
3: yeah, this game. Uh, you know he you hates call anything a must win when it's not really a must win, but it, it's pretty close for the Bucks, and I think it's gonna it's gonna come down a lot to poise. If, if things don't go perfectly at the beginning, and you know the the Bucks have done a good job of that this year, even in the loss uh, last week in Dallas, the first half kind of stumbled around, and in the third quarter really pulled it together, actually got the lead in that game. So if things don't go perfectly at the beginning, um, you know. Keep your poise, keep your confidence, and, and you know I know the Superdome will start to get loud at that point, and, and just handle it and you know hang in there because this team's done a good job of being resilient this year.
1: So one difference between this matchup for the matchup two weeks ago is that the Saints were without Michael Thomas and Max Unger when they played in Tampa in yeah. Week 14. How will they their return factor into the Bucks' game plan?
3: Yeah, um, our defensive coordinator Mike Smith made a point of. Pointing that out when he was doing his weekly press conference, and, and that's a big difference. Uh, you know, we, we did a pretty good job of getting in the backfield against Drew Brees last time. That's not easy to do. Of course, he's almost impossible to sack, but um, I, I think that makes a big difference. And in the offense, it just gives you another weapon. I mean, 48 points last week. Uh, you know, not scoring a touchdown in Tampa, that was a great accomplishment for the Buccaneers, but it was an obvious, obviously an aberration. I think you'd know better than I, but I think that's the second time this happened since Drew Brees and Sean Payne got there. And nobody really expects that to happen again. Probably a higher scoring game this time around. But as Dirk Cutter said several times this week to the media, the the goal of, of every game is to score one more point than the opponent. So it maybe won't be 16 11 this time, but if you get into a shootout you just got to you got to match it
1: absolutely so the speaking of the bucks defense they're 5 and 0 when Robert Ayers Jr scores records at least one sack one and four when he doesn't is that a valid stat or is has he really had that big of an impact on this team this season
3: but, you know that's great cassie i consider myself kind of a stat nerd and i didn't know that I, i'm going <laughs> to use that if you don't mind that's, really, Go for that's it. great i did not know that uh he's i i think nobody uh, on our staff has been a bigger fan of Robert Ayers this year than me. I, I think he makes a huge difference. We were missing him for a little while. He had an injury, and um, it's just he, the, what I like about it. him being in there is you can use him all over the line. They really don't just rush him off the right edge every time. He plays in the middle sometimes. He's that perfect complement to um, Gerald McCoy on the inside. Obviously, Gerald McCoy is what drives our defense, and you know, he's going to his fifth straight Pro Bowl, and everybody talks about the situations that he creates for everybody else by you know, drawing double teams and so much attention. And the guy that takes advantage of that the most, to me, is Robert Ayers. I I'm really glad you told me that Steph because I've been saying all along he makes such a huge difference, and I think that, that you
1: just said proves it. I got to admit, I, I saw that on Twitter, so that was not a Cassie covered original, but <laughs> credit where credit is due, but I That's will be great. happy to share. <laughs> so the Bucks made some roster moves this week. Wide out Deontay Die hurt during Tuesday's practice, placed on IR. What does his absence mean, and how will the team look to fill that void?
3: Yeah, you know, Dante, great, great kid. I, I'm not saying anything negative about him here, but it's not really that – Big an adjustment mm-hmm. for the Buccaneers. He's he's only played in one game this year. Um, didn't doesn't have a catch. He's we have six wideouts on the roster right now. Uh, most of the year we've had five, so we called up Bernard Reedy, another guy um, who's familiar mm-hmm. with the uh, with dirt Cutter system. Uh, really, again, nothing against Dante Dye. Just when you when you look at what the team's done so far, he hasn't. We haven't really had him as a big part of what we've done so far. So it's not that huge of an adjustment, to be honest with you.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so Bucks, like we've mentioned, treating this game as the beginning of the playoffs. There's a couple of different scenarios: ten and six, they most likely get in; nine and seven, still possible; a little more complicated. What do you think the most yeah. likely outcome for this team is?
3: Well, it, yeah, it, I really think they probably need to win out. there. Like you said, there's so much factoring into the nine and seven scenario. The, mm-hmm. the most simple one if it is 9-7, is winning the division, but that would that would involve Atlanta losing both of their games. The Butts know if they win their two games, they don't control their own destiny at the moment, but it's probably about 95% certain. If we win our uh, two, we were in if, if Dallas beats Detroit, or if Atlanta loses one of their games, or now that the Giants lost last night, if the Giants lose their last game, there's a ton of scenarios that you're in at ten and six, and at nine and seven, it's just so complicated. Which is why I think guys like James Winston are saying, you know, the, the playoffs basically start now. That I really, this is the biggest game this week.
1: Well, thanks so much for your time this morning, Scott, and have a safe trip to New oh, Orleans well. for Christmas, the Christmas Eve game tomorrow.
3: <laughs> thanks very much, Kathy. It was my pleasure. Thank you.
0: Hey, New Orleans. Here we go. The world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun. Starting Friday night, come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game, then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit nbatickets.com now.
1: Heading into tonight's game versus the Heat, Sean Kelly and Alvin Gentry talked for the Alvin Gentry show last night. Coach gave his thoughts on tonight's matchup and the Pelican season.
4: Coach, you and I were talking before the game last night that your team right now is attempting the third most jump shot attempts in the NBA. Um, And I didn't know how to take that number. Is that number okay? Uh, Or would you like to see, I guess, more layup attempts? I mean, is that the opposite of jump shots?
5: Well, you know... Uh, I, I would like to see us play inside out. And so I do think that we're taking, you know, probably uh, too many jump shots without exploring the possibility of getting the ball to the basket. And that's true with our big guys as well. You know, we got to get AD and, and uh, you know, Terrence and our other big guys uh, thinking about taking the ball to the basket because that, that is also the way the, that you get into the penalty early and you shoot free throws. So, uh, you know, I don't, particularly care for the number that we're that high as far as shooting jump shots uh, because I'd like to see us take the ball to the basketball.
4: Fair enough. I want to ask you about the combination of Drew Holiday and Tim Frazier on the floor at the same time. What do you like about those two being together in play?
5: Well I like the pace that Tim plays with. I think he does a good job as far as pushing the basketball. Uh, I like the fact that Drew we can now swing the ball, and Drew is making the play on the opposite side of the floor. Uh, I think that's where he's best also. Uh, and then he's also a facilitator. We have two facilitators on the floor. So I like those guys out there together.
4: When when one or the other is not on the floor, does it present a totally different look to the defense uh, as to become more versatile, I guess, is what I'm asking.
5: Well, I think what happens is that uh, we still have a guy out there that's capable of making plays for guys. And, you know, our whole thing is that we have to move the basketball uh, I still think that we're holding on to it a little bit too long Uh, when we get up into that 30 category assist wise we usually have some success and you know last night uh, if you look at it I think we ended up with 25 assists and as I said 110 points should be enough to, to win a game at home. Uh, but we just, the offensive rebounding part of it just really hurt us. Yeah,
4: no doubt. That's two straight games, Coach, that you guys have done well uh, in sharing the basketball as far as assist numbers goes. Uh, last night in the second half, you started the third quarter with Terrence Jones alongside Anthony Davis. And I know here recently you've been starting a said, Center. Earlier in the season was Asik. When you look at the five position right now, is there still some, some mystery there or some discovery, maybe is the better word, that has to be done uh, in providing yourself with the right answer on a given night?
5: Well, we just tried to uh, see if uh, Terrence started and being a little more physical uh, than than uh, Alexei, we thought that that might help as far as uh, defending the post uh, defensively. Uh, we also felt like we would be a little bit better offensively because not only is Terrence pretty good uh, at the post-up position, but he's a pretty good facilitator also, and he's a very capable passer. So it was just something that we tried to see if it would be something that would work.
4: I think he scored, I think, 17 points in each of his last two outings. He's scoring the ball better. Coach, would you explore maybe starting games with Jones and Davis alongside each other, or does that not factor into your plans at all?
5: You know, uh, I don't know. we thought about it, but, you know, we like his firepower coming off the bench. Uh, it gives us another score. It gives us a guy also when AD's out of the game. It gives us a guy that we can go to. Uh, so it's tough uh, starting those guys. Uh, because then, at some stage, we're going to have both of them out of the game.
4: Last night's uh, ball game against Oklahoma City was the second game of a back-to-back for the Pelicans. They won't see another back-to-back until late January, and in fact, there's only three back-to-backs left on the schedule. Coach, <laughs> I, I would imagine that's good news.
5: Uh, it is good news because it's been a it's been a, a a rough start since the the season began with so many back-to-backs that we have and. You know, it's it's really tough when you play a game in Philly and then fly two and a half hours and come home, and now you're playing the next night. So the fact that we don't have to do that but three more times over the course of the season also gives us an opportunity where we're going to have some practice days where we can do some things also.
4: Yeah, you said to me before the game last night, when was the last time we had a real practice? <laughs> I kind of giggled. I couldn't remember. What would you define as a real practice, Coach?
5: Well, just having a situation where – you know, you can go out. You can work on things. You can you can physically put the guys through some uh, situations where uh, we have to get better at. But uh, the way our schedule has been, you look at it, we we we're either coming off a back to back, or we we're, we're about to go into a back to back. So as a coach, I think you got to be careful as far as putting guys through really strenuous workouts uh, when they're about to play thirty thirty five minutes in back to back situations.
4: Well, coach, before I look ahead to this weekend, I do want to look back for a moment. Um Tough situation for your team to play in San Antonio on Tim Duncan night. Uh, looking back now on that on that ball game in San Antonio and and the festivities surrounding his jersey retirement, what'd you come away with?
5: Well, as far as the game, I thought we did a really good job, and then uh, it was one of those games that we talk about where uh, we became our own worst enemy, really, uh, from the standpoint of. Of unforced, uh you know, turnovers—not really forced ones, just the unforced turnovers. Uh, our shot selection, I thought, uh, was not very good in that game, also. And then uh, we did have some uh, some costly turnovers in situations where you're trying to be in the game with those guys, and they're just not a team that's going to beat themselves. So you have to be solid uh, as anything uh, when you play them. And obviously, playing there on Tim Duncan night is not is not what you want to do in any situation.
4: Yeah, I don't know how we got lucky enough to be in that situation. By the way, I think we lost a couple of bets. First of all, Tim Duncan didn't wear jeans uh, to the retirement ceremony, and I think he spoke for actually more than 30 seconds.
5: Well, he alluded to that <laughs> in his speech. He said, I've already won two bets. I, I'm i talking more than 30 seconds, and I did not wear jeans, and I do have on a sport coat. So, uh, you know, it was a great night for the, 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 the franchise, uh, for the fans, for Tim and his family. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody has shown more professionalism than what he's done uh, with the franchise there. You know, he pretty much put it on his back. And, you know, for the last 19 years, they've been a model franchise in this league. And it is because of the character of guys like him that they have on the team.
4: Coach, this is our last show before Christmas. It's this weekend, of course, and that means a big day for the NBA. There's a full slate of games national television you've been a part of it many times I've always known Christmas day to be a big deal in the NBA you've been in this league longer than I have has it always been such a day for the league that they want to showcase the the big teams and the big names when did it all start can you remember
5: I don't remember when it started but they've been doing it for a while and uh you know I've been fortunate enough to you know I think play in like you know seven out of the last 10 Christmas days uh so uh, you'd like to be playing on Christmas Day because I think it it, it says that the NBA uh, thinks highly of you as a team. So, uh, unfortunately for us, uh, we're not playing this year. We played last year against Miami. But I just think it's a situation where, uh, you know, you, most people are around family. Uh, you gather around. There's food everywhere. You get to turn on the TV. You get to watch LeBron James and Steph Curry and Anthony Davis most of the time. And I just think it's, just, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really good for the league you'll be watching I will be watching you know I just think it's uh it's really good uh to see the teams because most of them uh, there's a rivalry somewhere or there's a, co- <coughs> me. a competition somewhere uh you know the obviously the Cleveland Golden State game means something and you know you got the Lakers and uh, Clippers and that means a lot so you know there's games like that that that, that, that is just fun to watch yeah.
4: No doubt. Let's talk about Friday real quick before we wrap up. The Miami Heat will be here. It's a team that I haven't got to see very much, Coach. What can you tell us about your matchup on Friday against Miami?
5: Well, I think they've got one of the premier centers in the league, and Whiteside. Uh, when you look at the numbers that he puts up and shot-blocking ability and the way he's rebounded the basketball, uh, he gives them a legitimate inside threat uh, that can do so many things. You know, uh, Goran Dragic seems to be playing great uh, basketball right now. Uh, You know they play with a small lineup, so uh, it'll be challenging to to get back and keep them out of transition.
4: Coach, you know me, I'll 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 label things, and I probably shouldn't sometimes. But after losing the first game of the homestand and knowing how important this homestand is for you, are we going to put a must-win situation here in front of your ball club coming up these next couple of games, or am I being a little too dramatic?
5: No, I don't think you're being dramatic at all. I think we're in a situation where we are in must-win situations, and. It doesn't just stop with Miami, but it's the next game, the next game, and the next game we have at home. Uh, we have to be in a situation where we're winning games now, and uh, we got to try to get back in the playoff
4: race. Coach, as always, thank you. All the best. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same
5: to you guys, and same to the fans
4: out there.
1: Coming up next, we'll wrap things up for today's show.
3: Hi, Vincent Palumbo here. Terminex is the home of the $650 lifetime termite repair guarantee. Terminex provides termite protection and pest control. Call Terminex for all your pest problems. 834-7330. Got a long day ahead? Power
0: on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King, smoothies with a purpose. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a
5: projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans. Facing off against the New York Knicks. Friday, December 30th. Pelicans Fest begins pregame at 530. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. This is N.T. Davis wishing everyone a happy holiday season. Go Pelicans.
1: We're going to wrap things up on this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. But before we go, Ashley, you've got to get your thoughts on some stuff happening in college sports this week. Absolutely. So as you guys are aware, I am a Duke, proud Duke alum. But uh, my guy Grayson Allen has gotten himself into some controversy this week. Ashley, what are your thoughts on this indefinite suspension from the Duke basketball program? You know, uh, Cassie,
2: I think it was something that had to happen. Um, you look at the Duke program and Coach K, and they are the standard for college mm-hmm. basketball. I mean, you could even argue as the standard for basketball in general uh, with Coach K, you know, being the coach of the Olympic team and whatnot. And I think after seeing Grayson Allen's repeated behavior and then the reactions to that behavior, you know, his big um, kind of tantrum uh, on the side after um, the call – You know, I think I think they made the right. I think they made the right choice. You know, I think, you know, does he deserve to be suspended all season? No, Um, I think that we've seen a lot uh, worse things happen. Um, uh, But, you know, I definitely think this is a wake up call to him um, and it'll be interesting to see how he responds.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a I think that's a great take. Speaking of college players, your boy Leonard Fournette of LSU has <laughs> announced that he will forego the LSU bowl game to prepare for the NFL a draft. Christian McCaffrey also did the same thing with Stanford. This is an interesting new trend that we've seen, maybe a result of the college playoff.
2: Yes. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny that you bring that up. Um the same way Coach K uh, represents college basketball and is that standard, I think some could argue that Nick Saban is also that standard in college football. And uh, a reporter asked him earlier this week and said, you know, hypothetically, Coach, if one of your players came to you and said, hey, I'm going to miss the bowl game um, to prepare for the NFL draft, what, do you, what would you say? And he said, of course, in very Nick Saban fashion, "Oh, I don't answer hypotheticals, but I do think there's something to be said about um, the new system with the playoff and how bowl games no longer hold that same importance um, that they used to um, before the playoff existed. You know, if you were in the SEC, it to get to the Sugar Bowl, that was you know the big, the big, big game. You know, if in Big Ten, you you wanted to get make it to the Rose Bowl, that was the granddaddy of them all. That was the big Big, big game and I think you have to look at that now and look at all these other bulls and there's kind of this in the way the media focuses on the playoffs um, this lack of um, importance and you know you've got um, LSU looking to play a citrus Bowl. I mean they're playing U uh, of L uh, Heisman uh, trophy winner mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson and yet um, I just think that, you know, that's def- there's definitely something to be said about the lack of importance in those other bowl games and just not the hype and attention. So, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with the way the players are. And, you know, with, I think with Christian McCafferty and Leonard Fournette, there's two very different situations. I think Leonard Fournette's been injured on and off all season, um, and I don't think he's 100%. So, you know, for him to not play – as one thing and you know with Christian McCaffrey, I think it's a little bit of a different situation but um, again I think they have to do it to the best interest for themselves and their families
1: it is unfortunate that the college football playoff is affecting the bowl games in this way I think some I think there will be a change in the bowl system at some point in the future because I think these other bowl games like you said are mm-hmm. being diminished and they have been such a like bringer in of <laughs> that's not a correct term but whatever they have like <laughs> um, brought in so much money for college football programs that it's there's this really fine balance there. But I got to think that if I was a college football player, which I like to think if I was male, I would have been. <laughs> same. I would have been a quarterback. <laughs> Wide receiver. Uh, I'll throw to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Um, i like to think that I probably would go the same way if I was in the playoff because you you have such a great chance of injury and diminishing your NFL draft hopes. And you're talking about millions of dollars. You
2: know, people like a Leonard Fournette, I mean, he has a daughter, and he has people to think about. And so, you know, yes, uh, as an an LSU grad and LSU fan, I would love to see him run out in the field one last time in an LSU uniform and light up the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. But
1: at the same time, I definitely understand where he's coming from. Well, thanks for joining me today, Ashley. And coming up on Monday's show, we will be back Monday after this Christmas weekend. We'll recap Saints-Bucks from this weekend, talk Pelicans-Mavericks, and have a happy holidays, everyone, from us at the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and OrleansSaints.com. Follow your teams
4: direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.